Hey everyone, it's your favorite new co-host Bilal Hankins here for a quick detour before we start the show. This spring will bring our 10th season of Elixir Wizards and we are so thankful to you all for tuning in each and every week. We'd love to make the show even better for you so we created a short listener survey to get some feedback. If you could do us a quick favor and take two minutes to complete the survey, we promise to come back bigger and better in our 10th season. To take the survey, just click the link in our show notes for this episode or visit smr.tl slash survey2022. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedules to help us understand how we can create an even better podcast for you. And now on with the show. Welcome to the season nine finale of Elixir Wizards, a podcast brought to you by Smart Logic, a custom web and mobile development shop based in Baltimore. My name is Owen Bickford, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by my co-host, Sandy Miant, Dan Ivovich, and Bilal Hankins. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hi. <laughs> All right. So this season's theme is parsing the particulars. We spent the last few months speaking to some amazing people who've taught us so much about the particulars of so many different subjects. We're so grateful to you, our guests, for coming along with us for the ride. So Dan, can you give us a little bit about the backstory for the season's theme? Sure. Happy to. You know, I think when we think about themes for each season, you know, it's how can we push on what we've already done before? How can we learn more about the great work that people are doing in Elixir? And this year, really, the the focus was on how do we go deeper? How do we get more about the great work someone's doing? You know, we've done a lot of, here's my library, here's what I'm working on, here's what I'm running in production. And that's great, it's valuable. Uh, but we really wanted to dive deeper into the real challenging problems people are solving, why they're really reaching to Elixir, why this community is as great as it is, why it's growing in the way that it is. And I think uh, just looking at from when we started to now, there's been a lot of great announcements. There's stuff that's happened that we even haven't had a chance to talk about on the podcast because it's been happening in real time. And uh, maybe that's fitting. Maybe that's just telling for where this community is. But the goal here was to get into the details. And I, I think that we did. And I feel really great about it. I remember also we were leading into ElixirConf and Dave Lucia had asked me to proofread a blog post he was writing about observability. And I remember proofreading it and saying, I, I think I'm following this, but I, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know a lot about the subject. And I remember thinking, oh, how great would it be if, if Dave just came on and explained what this is and and what goes into it, what kind of backstory you need to know to know more about observability and like what is observability in a nutshell, but like also deeper. And I, I just had all these questions just up front about reading that. And so Dave was our first episode when we were thinking about that kind of thing and deciding on the season's theme. You know, since that episode, I've written my first telemetry event. I've used the span. I've used execute. I've attached some, some telemetry events and it's glorious. It's amazing. <laughs> That's really great. And I think, you know, it, observability was a really strong start to the season because it's something that gets mentioned all the time maybe often later than it should. And I think starting off with a deep dive into why, how, what are the tools that are available to you? The Elixir story here with telemetry is so great, so strong that it's just, you know, you put this in and a lot of the hard work to get the metrics into another tool have been done for you. We've been using telemetry with Prometheus for a long time and hearing Dave talk about 
the really tight integrations that you can get with other things. Where you're even exporting to can be changed so easily these days with with you know the use of telemetry and instrumenting correctly and the ability to pull telemetry out of libraries that you didn't even write and hook into right. them and, and react to them, measure on them. It's a great story here where you can leverage someone else's work. You know, it's what this whole community open source is all about, and do so in a way that is so unobtrusive to your own work. Yeah, writing the telemetry events and you know the handlers for this framework I'm working on, it's been like way easier than I thought it was going to be. I think I just kind of like put it off for a while. The API seems to be really stable and like friendly for a developer. Uh, and I'm really excited. I think the next step for me on that domain is going to be hooking into Prometheus and building some live books that can like display telemetry events as like an application is doing some stuff. So that's going to be really cool. I'm also curious, Bilal, since you are our, our newest host and our, I guess, out of the four of us, like the newest to engineering as a whole, you must have absorbed a lot this season. What was the most interesting thing that you learned? Oh, yeah. I think really just like appreciating like the wide range of guests that we did have on here. Like one of my favorite moments was the Bowery Farms when they said they were growing strawberries. And I was like, we're growing strawberries with Elixir. Even if it's not directly, it's still like, wow, you can grow strawberries with Elixir. But it's like, I really appreciated like getting to see like more, I guess, like real world use cases of like what you could possibly build with this. Because I know like, especially like starting out, I feel like in anything, like it's hard to see like what you could like turn this tool or library or framework like into. And so for me being new to Elixir and engineering as a whole, um, I really appreciate to talk to people at different levels too. That was awesome. Yeah, we covered, I'm looking at the list of episodes and we've got a lot of variety, a lot of variety in experience, a lot of variety of like the nature of people's work. So we've not only got engineers, we've got designer from our own team, uh, Harper, who had a really great episode. And we've had a QA engineer, if I'm getting her title right, Jenny Bramble, who was on an episode. And yeah, a lot of different engineers from different types of organizations solving very different problems. So I'm, I'm really happy with the with the uh, variety in our conversations here. Yeah, I think that's always something when we're selecting a, a topic here, you know, it's on one level, we don't want to have a, a theme because it's, you know, we feel it can be restricting, but I think it's also great to have something to say like, okay, this, this is what we're shooting for. A lot of guests don't feel like they have anything to say and we can kind of narrow in on, you know, oh, well, we want you to go deep on what you are passionate about. And, you know, you mentioned Harper, I think something that's always stood out for me uh, with her is she said, you know, oh, I will listen to anyone talk about what they're passionate about, even if I don't care what it is they're talking about, because when somebody's passionate about something, it becomes exciting. I think we had a, a really great set of uh, episodes this season of people just talking about what they are passionate about and, and why Elixir is helping with that passion. And that's been a, a great story to tell. One conversation that I was so excited to finally have was a recent episode with my friend Joe Martin and also friend Frank Hunless of the, as we call it, the nerves fame. What in particular, I was excited to see with this conversation is that we spend a lot of time as Elixirists talking to other Elixirists about Elixir. It's what we like to do. But there is something really interesting and rewarding to see about having conversation with a non 
elixirist to talk to somebody who is an expert in a particular elixir field. So in this case, Joe had 10 years behind him of embedded systems work and not any basically Elixir experience. And so these kinds of conversations I think are important to see Elixir experts explain to other people who uh, Elixir could be solving their problems about why Elixir is interesting or engaging or easier or harder, you know, you never know. And so that was a really rewarding conversation to see come to life. I'd love to have those conversations more and more, um, not just nerves, but other facets of Elixir with people who are Elixir enthusiasts or Elixir interested or or maybe even some non-believers, because I think it makes for a good conversation. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that conversation was recorded because I would have had FOMO <laughs> if you were trying to like recap it. Like I listened to it a few days ago. And yeah, that was an amazing conversation. Uh, about yeah, I think yeah. uh, bringing in that kind of different perspective, right? I think I've talked about nerves at various meetups. I've seen Frank present about it a number of times, and usually it's a room full of elixirists who are new to embedded. And I think getting somebody who's familiar with embedded and new to elixir was a really different and interesting perspective on it. And we think a lot about how elixir is growing in terms of the problems it's solving, but also part of this is how do we get people to understand that it is a solution to their problems when they have no familiarity with it at all. And it was a, a unique episode for us to kind of come at it from that other direction. Are there some other episodes that we found particularly interesting? I mean, I know much to the Smartlogic team's joy, this was the first time we talked about LiveView extensively, and I was not <laughs> frustrated by its presentation. Uh, my view on LiveView has changed drastically throughout this season, in part because of the season, in part because of just where LiveView is today and mm -hmm. some of the demonstrations of it that we've been able to apply to some of the work that we're doing here. So, you know, I really we do, feel... We do have to quickly clear the air, Dan, with Bilal here, that Bilal, I did not purposefully make you sick. So that Dan could be on that episode with Live View. <laughs> it was the running joke for a while that Dan, uh, so the, the episode in question is with Jason Stibbs, formerly a rockin' cat. And um, I think Bilal was originally the co-host on the episode. Yeah. And so Bilal, you weren't feeling well. And so Dan hopped in and then Dan was like, Sunny, did you? purpose i was like this was just the universe i'm sorry <laughs> no, yeah, if you weren't so many thousands germs. of miles away would be very <laughs> suspicious <laughs> i did really like uh the one with uh frank because i had no experience with nerves and i felt like i learned a lot just in that conversation between i guess like the knowledge levels of both of them yeah like i feel like i learned a lot more than like you know, going and um, trying to just look up some research. I really liked the episode with Kate, though. I may be biased because I'm also a junior developer, but I was like, ha, huh. I feel like like just feeling like similar, um, just going through the motions and like some of the stuff that she was speaking about, um, her challenges really resonated with me. Yeah, I hope that episode made sense. Like <laughs> it was kind of a different episode. So we were definitely diving into the particulars of gen servers. And I could only do that episode after having studied up on LiveView and the underlying gen server stuff earlier this year, back in January. So uh, that was very helpful. And I'm glad to hear that the episode has at least one fan. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a fun conversation. Uh, and being able to like unpack the things I'd learned about gen servers 
and she was asking some really great, great questions and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I think something that was was good about this season as a whole because of the deep dives is we took words that you hear in passing, you know, whether it's worker, queue, live view, gen server, observability, telemetry, you know, and instead of just making it part of a larger conversation and whether you're familiar with it or not, like the conversation moves on, we went deeper into it. And I think the episode with Kate, you know, talking about gen servers with somebody who learned them recently. It was an interesting thing for everyone to hear and understand, like you often learn these things and you you move on and you kind of forget what that journey was like. And I think bringing us all along for the journey again across all of these topics was a worthwhile endeavor. And I'm glad that we did it. Yeah, it was, it was great to get Harper's input as well. So like I've worked with Harper on a project or two, I think now, and uh, hearing how she's using Tailwind to solve her problems and also kind of coordinate with engineers on some projects. Uh, it's, it's some cool stuff. Yeah, and in, in a season when we're finally saying like, yes, live view, or when, well, sorry, mm. when, I'm, I'm not projecting onto you, but when <laughs> I'm finally saying yes, live view, to have our designer come in and, and speak to Tailwind, the work that we're doing, the componentization of that, where that can all intersect, you know, I think is, is of particular interest. And, you know, we're always thinking about how to best collaborate in that way, right? And LiveView is in a sense, uh, well, we don't, let's not collaborate about the front end, let's just implement it all on the server, but it still has to look good. And, and how does that come together? And one of the aha tipping points for me on LiveView was at ElixirConf and Chris's keynote and kind of talking about the componentization and putting all the utility classes of Tailwind into the component in the code in one place. Now, if you ever need to change them, you do it once and you get kind of the dream of component reuse that's always, you know, exists in every framework, but feels, I don't know, feels pretty, pretty solid, pretty stable here on the live view side. It's a big win for productivity. It's a win for developer happiness. And, you know, as a consultancy for us, if those things are optimal and, and we can move quickly, then it's a win for clients too. And the product itself that will be deployed sooner, iterated on more quickly, get more iterations in before the magical deadline of money or time or whatever it is. And so I, you know, I appreciate That's how we've been <laughs> talking about those optimizations kind of across the board in lots of different ways with this season. So I'm curious, who was on the episode with Roman Mars? I mean, Tyler Young. <laughs> uh, the felt, felt maps. I believe that, that was, was I and Sunday. Yeah. That was Sunday a fun one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I intro the episode with me feeling like a map nerd. In that, I just think they're cool, not necessarily because I know a lot about it. I didn't study cartography or anything. I just love staring at maps. It makes me happy. So it was really cool to talk about geomapping. As particularly interesting to me is because it was a potential way for me to graduate college was to major in GIS. I wasn't doing well at computer science. I ended up going for a bachelor in studio art, but I could have picked the only other like related to digital something or the other information systems wasn't quite a thing. GIS was the other option. So it was interesting to talk to somebody who also didn't study it, but is like doing it now. So that was really fun. And then Bilal, I think you are, you were also learning something particular about it, right? Yeah. Well, I also just really liked the whole felt, like whole concept. And I did use uh, the maps on one of my road trips and I got lots of pleasure from and satisfaction from drawing on the map and the markers very 
it's like a perfect marker. I don't know, but you use the felt product to be, yeah, to be yeah, clear, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, to be clear, they're they're map making, but uh, to plan out my road trip so I could like map out where I was going to stop, and um, yeah, it was, it was fun. But I also really enjoyed like speaking with Tyler because I feel like he did a great job of explaining uh, certain terms and like just stuff and like working with GIS that like we wouldn't know or like people wouldn't um you know understand yeah it's one of those skills you wouldn't even know it exists until you like need it like for a project or some app that you're working on or you maybe you're deciding what what course to take in college i don't know it, like it, i only encountered gis i think maybe a couple of years ago for some other work that i was doing but I still didn't go deep on it because it wasn't like the data that I was using wasn't really related. It was just, I kind of saw it in the database. One particular subject that I thought was really imp impactful for me when I think of like how it feels, I'm not speaking for you, Dan, but like how it feels like the live view episode was like one of the more impactful episodes for you. But I think the one that stamps on my heart is the Ecto queries episode with Mark and David from Thinking Elixir because I feel like if I had to mark the last few months of my learning and growing, a lot of it has to do with going really far into Ecto, trying to read a lot of books and tutorials and talking to the experts or the people who are building out Elixir in production, the interactive website book that David is working on. That was just so cool to really like dive into all the different things that you can do with Ecto. I'm, I was taking a more traditional approach, and Owen, you were talking about some of the ETL stuff that you were working on and like what you've been doing with Ecto in regards to that. Um, that was just really, really nice. And then we got to continue some of that conversation on on the Thinking Elixir podcast after that, which was cool. Right. Yeah, and I've also yeah, I've even done more stuff with Ecto lately. I've made some custom types to like shape shift the data a little bit, you know, trimming strings and formatting emails <laughs> is the name of the game. So yeah, there was a lot of a lot a lot to unpack about Ecto there. So that was a, a really fun couple of conversations. Yeah, I think as far as like pure fun and joy, I think the clear winner there was probably the one with Jenny. <laughs> QA uh, testing and coordinating between QA engineers and designers and everything else, and just her energy is just unmatched <laughs> on stage and in I would say in person, but like over. Uh, probably in person too, but like on the on the call. So that was a, a really fun conversation. Hearing from someone who works in QA, like whereas like I haven't had a lot of projects where I've had like a dedicated QA team or QA person, at least who I'm interacting with on a regular basis. So it's great to hear feedback. And also she was, you know, kind of impressed with the readability of Elixir as also kind of an outsider. So that was a fun combo. I'm also curious because the at the time of recording, the episode came out today. Who talked to Chris Miller and how that conversation went? That was Dan and I. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that was that was also a, a very interesting conversation. So, and I think he's more of a a math nerd than than myself. I don't want to speak for Dan. Maybe Dan's like oh. just writing algebra all day, all day and all. Nope. Day. <laughs> nope. Far, far more. Far more. <laughs> But yeah, like he was able to explain things in a way that I could understand at least. And uh, and yeah, talking about crafting programming languages and and kind of sometimes it's a side project, but also kind of applying those lessons to how you use a programming language. 
and just kind of understanding how, you know, these things work. Yeah. I think Chris's episode was a really great example of you know, what we were saying before around, you know, you talk to somebody who's passionate about something, it can really change your view on things like languages, whether computer, foreign or otherwise, you know, I, I think of, uh, you know, it's, I have learned a lot of computer languages. I have not learned a lot of foreign languages. I have taken classes where I'm supposed to implement or design a programming language. Like those were not things I was particularly interested in. As soon as I realized I could start learning programming languages, not foreign languages, I started doing that in high school pretty hardcore. But hearing Chris talk about why that stuff matters, the value of communication from how we communicate with the computer to how we communicate with each other to how all of this fits together and how math is is at the core of it. Like he was just so passionate about it and cares so deeply about it. It was pretty inspiring. And every episode we've recorded, I, I come away just like feeling good about what we're doing, what the people we're interviewing are doing. But that one, that one was special. Yeah, I, I ask because he came on the podcast a few seasons ago, and I similarly left that conversation feeling like maybe. I could have tackled math if Chris had been my class or Chris had been my teacher or my TA. I always am baffled by how much of an impact a good teacher can make on when you're learning something and how you react to it. Because I spent so much of my life just thinking I'm bad at math. I'm never going to be good at this. Like the system has always spat out a, a Sunday who can't do math test kind of thing. But talking to Chris a few seasons ago, about like the relationship between languages and math languages and programming languages. It just really inspired me to want to have that kind of deep knowledge about anything to understand the relationships to the other things I was doing. Because that's just so cool. That's just such a cool way to approach the world. And Chris, if you're listening to this, I do apologize for scaring the bejesus out of you at ElixirConf when I just ran up and said, hey! <laughs> You were on the podcast before. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you in person. I don't think he was expecting that. Just trying to give people heart attacks. Yes. Huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did. I liked, because uh, like similar to Dan, like I liked, I listened to the first half of the Chris Miller one, but I really appreciate like the, I never thought to compare like, you know, learning a real language and like learning programming languages. And then I also, um, like, one bit that I caught that I thought was, like, very cool was that he said, like, his dad taught him some C++ or showed him some C++ when uh, he was seven. And I was like, I want to do that with my kids. Like, because <laughs> I, I, even, I even told my mom that when I was, like, uh, learning, um, like, just getting started, I was like, this makes so much sense. It's so logical. Right. <laughs> now, I'm curious. I... Regretfully had to miss the recording with Theo Harris, our Aussie friend from Down Under. Because I think I met Theo at the conference at ElixirConf back in Aurora this year. So I was happy to see them get on the podcast. And also, like, you know, they've got so much knowledge already just in, a, in their first year or two of Elixir development. Uh, what were some, some nice takeaways from onboarding new developers? It was validating... We've had this conversation a lot on the podcast. Just over the last few years, this conversation of this topic of onboarding has come up quite a few times. And there were it was validating to hear that things are getting better for Elixir developers who need more resources just to hear about all of the vast variety of resources that people have at their disposal now. And it was just really cool to hear somebody 
speak to that knowledgeably and talk about accessibility as like a for like something that's at the front of their mind when learning Elixir. And I also just enjoyed talking about Australianisms. And one thing that sticks out in my head was I think Theo was drinking coffee and I was like, is that a flat white? And Theo was just like, how did you, how did you know that? And I was like, because <laughs> Sydney is the birthplace of flat whites. I just assumed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I learned a lot about Australia on the, on the as well. Moving refrigerators from house to house, that's a mind-blowing thing. Now, did we talk about that on the recording, or was that after? I don't know, but... Because <laughs> if it was after, we've got to explain that. <laughs> <laughs> they were just talking about how the difference between moving out in America, like, because it was also around the time when I was thinking about moving out and, like, getting all my stuff. And I was like, I'm just going to put all this stuff on the curb. I don't care about this Ninja Blender. I don't care about this coffee maker. And then they were talking about how, yeah, we move fridges, <laughs> refrigerators. I think Sunday brought it up. And I was like, what? Yeah, I had seen a tweet like a few years ago. It was some. It was an Australian YouTuber who found out that Americans don't move with their appliances. And they were like, wait, are you telling me that you move into a new home and you're using somebody's dirty old fridge? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it. But yes, yes, I am. <laughs> Uh, so that was really fun to talk to Theo about that. I'm like 90%, 70% sure that was after the recording. Um, but yeah, it was fun to to talk to Theo for sure. And it was like, for me, it was very inspiring, like given um, how much like knowledge I feel like they have. And like, I didn't realize uh, how long they had been programming for. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. So... Yeah, I really, like you said, like similar to Chris Miller, like came inspired after that one. Yeah, it seems like you can you can get ramped up on Elixir pretty quickly, especially with the right team, with the right like mentors, and and you know we got a nice community. I think for like bringing people in without making them feel ashamed for like not knowing things. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a that's a good like end of season point to make because we, we've talked about. You know, one of my other take- takeaways from the season is just like all the problems that Elixir is solving, right? There's a varied, and then all the tools that it brings. And, and we talk, we talk about this you know, OTP and the power of that. And you know, we we talked about Oban and like Oban does jobs without the need for Redis, without the need for a separate process at the operating system level. Uh, we talk about LiveView. You know, it does UI without all the other things that you generally need. Um, and something that we're always thinking about here, you know, at SmartLogic is. Bringing developers on, having people, you know, projects ramp down, projects ramp back up. How do we make things easy and approachable to get started on again? A lot of that is tooling, right? And big companies have large teams working on dev tooling and you know process engineering and, and all sorts of things like that. But with with Elixir and, and these things, it's just you get Erlang and Elixir installed, and you pull down your depths, and like you have a working system with one running process, and that removes so much barrier. Uh, you know, it's not go get Redis. It's not okay now. Start these three or four different other processes and other tabs. And th- those systems are great. We have lots of things like that that we support. And there's reasons to segment th- out those parts. But when you're just getting started, when you're just new to something, that kind of self-contained, everything you need is there. And learning one thing can be applied to lots of different problems, is a really powerful tool set to have for anyone anywhere in their career. But especially if you're starting out. And since the season was a full season of of learning, it stands to reason that some of us might get our assumptions checked 
And I love that when we talked to Marcelo from Mimi Quate, that I I asked, like, what do you want to talk about? And he said, CQRS. And I was like, cool. I'll look up what that is later. And then we did. We had the whole conversation. And I don't I don't know that I exactly assumed that CRUD was the only way to do things, but I've never personally done it any other way. And so to hear that there was another approach or option or way of thinking about it was just like, oh, I mean, yeah, of course, obviously, there are other ways to think about this problem, but it just never came up before. So I, I appreciated that reality check for sure. Yeah, that's a conversation where I learned a lot, like in the lead up to the conversation, also kind of like the conversation helped reinforce what I had been learning over the week or two before that. There's these acronyms that you get that get thrown around, you know, engineering. So like CQRS, CRDTs, ORMs, everything else. Like, you know, you can't learn everything at once. So you have to like learn these things usually whenever like there's a project or like some interest in learning it. So, so yeah, the CQRS conversation was very enlightening. Gave me a much better understanding of like when to reach for CQRS. Uh, I think a lot of the stuff we do makes sense in CRUD, but there are definitely times when you need to audit or uh, there are a few use cases for CQRS that are like it's a different kind of complexity, but it can uh, give your business some reassurances about the reliability of its data. So that's, I think, a really interesting conversation there. It's funny, Blal, you mentioned the strawberries earlier, and that is absolutely something I think about whenever I see Bowery farming lettuce in the grocery store. I always look around and I'm like, but where are the strawberries, though? I've been hearing about these famous strawberries. No, that was a really cool conversation. I think it's interesting to hear about Oban from people who are using it, because I think we've had the the Oban creators on before. And it's nice to hear it from that perspective as well. It's like, why did I create this? Why are, Why did I think that the Elixir ecosystem needed to use it? And it's really, it's really cool to hear two teammates, two programmers who work together, talk about how they use a system. That is something that you don't often get an experience to do because you're usually on your own team. Like if you think of a traditional product environment, you're on your own team, you work with your own teammates, you talk about your own code, cool. But to hear on a podcast, listening to two teammates who who work on a thing and pair program together through it, that was another kind of inspiration for the season was like the idea of listening to people pair program through things. So that was definitely the vibe that I got from talking to Ashley and Kenneth from Bowery Farming. And that was really cool. Who? Uh, Bilal. Yeah, that was an episode that you you were on with yep. me. Yeah. yeah, and I definitely liked how both Kenneth and Ashley, they were answering the same questions, but I feel like they also gave, like, back to one example up with another in a different area at the farms that they use Oban for. Like I said, like I feel like I learn better through seeing like real world examples and especially for something that like I don't have a lot of um hands-on experience with like currently like Oban. It's definitely nice to hear like how you're actually using it in accordance to like a business needs rather than like you know a YouTube tutorial that doesn't necessarily apply to like real world situations. Yeah, I think I find it so much easier to learn challenging concepts when I have a real problem that needs to be solved. When you're just kind of like reading a to-do list guide or like another yet another blog, like <laughs> kind of CRUD style, you know, application tutorial, they get redundant, they get 
your mind kind of wanders to like other things, at least if you're me. <laughs> so yeah, hearing about these like real world use cases for Oban, CQRS, Live View Tail, and everything else, I think it helps helps me understand when to reach for these tools, and uh, in some ways how to use them as well. Yeah, that really resonates with me, Owen, because I you know I, I spend some of my time in my role here thinking about how we're learning things, how we're improving our skill sets and stuff. And I think like, you know, there's lots of great ways to learn a framework or learn a tool, but learning a framework or learning a tool only teaches you about that thing. It doesn't necessarily get you to the application to problems or to then using that in problem solving. And I think it was great this season to talk to a lot of people who are using these things in a specific way and, and caring about what the end of it is, not just saying, okay, this is a thing and it's neat, but saying like, why and how? And those are important pieces that are like kind of like the next step over, okay, I know the language or I know the framework or I know the, the hex package. Okay, great. Well, the particulars and how you put it all together are important. And I'm really glad that we had an opportunity to dig into that across the wide variety. That, well, and not even all of it, right? Because we didn't even touch on some of the things with Broadway and uh, Livebook and NX and since the season started, but you know, in only the last few days, the Bumblebee work. So lots of things going on that are great tools, but really the power is going to be in the application of them. Uh, and digging into that this season was a, was a highlight for me, for sure. Are you saying we need a parsing the particulars redux? You know, <laughs> in the future, uh, you know, we, we, uh, anytime anyone wants to talk about the details yeah. of something, but yeah, we're uh, still figuring out next season, but I don't think we want to do the same thing back to back. Right, uh, right. But I think what has been a good experience of this season that something I want to make sure we continue to do is this is not just a announcement. Here's a thing type of show, right? We're trying to really get into the whys, the hows, whether the topic is particulars or not, I hope that we continue to pull those details out of our guests and, and surface them so that our people can really get that deeper understanding as to how this is all working together and, and what they can then go and run and do with it. Yeah. And I'd also like to acknowledge um, that you, the listener, also really were a part of creating season nine. We ran some listener surveys earlier in this year. We have another one out uh, if you're interested in participating. But we ran some listener surveys earlier this year and got a lot of feedback that people are really itching to hear more technical conversations. And so we listened to our listeners and really tried to find a way to bring you that very technical content. And it lined up with a lot of things that I know Owen had been wanting to do, I had been wanting to do. We pulled Blal on and Dan came on a little more regularly just to have these technical conversations. And, you know, we're all engineers, so it's kind of fun to be able to do that. Um, and I'm glad we were able to do that, particularly because it was what our, our listeners wanted. So uh, thank you for that feedback. And I hope you all get a chance to fill out the one that's currently circulating right now. All right. Links in the show notes. <laughs> I was waiting for a pun. You know, I thought we were going to. We can't um, leave you know, without I guess, one. I slipped in a few. I didn't know if they the got particulars. They registered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've covered so much ground. It's been a great season, and uh, we've got many more seasons in our future. So, yeah, look forward to getting more survey responses so we kind of know, like, how we're faring and, like, where if we need to move, where we can move, like, move towards the puck. 
like as if I understand anything about sports. <laughs> so yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. That is it for today. This has been season nine of Elixir Wizards. I'm Owen Bickford. My co-hosts today were Sunday Mint, Dan Ivovich, and Bilal Hankins. Elixir Wizards is brought to you by Smart Logic with production support from Hangar Studios. We here at Smart Logic build custom web and mobile software. We work in Elixir, Rails, React, Flutter, and more. So if you need a piece of custom software built, hit us up. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Your reviews help us reach new listeners. You can find us on Twitter at SmartLogic or join the Elixir Wizards Discord. The link is on the podcast page. Don't forget to participate in our listener survey by clicking the link in our show notes. That will help us give you more of what you want from Elixir Wizards in the new year. So we will see you in early spring next year, 2023, for season 10. Season 10 of Elixir Wizards. Yeah.